here we are. This is, hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. This is band chat number six, and today we're here with a special guest, Jared Headley, the man, the producer of Agents of Chaos, among other things, but most notably, he produced our stuff. How you doing tonight, Jared? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Well. Just vibing. Vibing. Ready to riot, like always. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready to write as well. <laughs> so tonight, we're going to talk about a little bit, we're going to go into a little bit of music production and, and, and what you think makes a great song. And what I mean, production and what I think makes a great song. No, I said a little bit of what you think. Oh, okay. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, can, we can go into either of those. Uh, there's There's no... There's no line we have to tow here. I yeah. think I think there's two lines we have to tow here. Is I think we have a camel to tow here. <laughs> <laughs> so check a hole. Check a hole. Okay, so Jared, <clears throat> how up, long man? have you been producing music? Hmm. He did the thing. We all do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, in, in reality, I, I, I think I've been producing for almost 20 years. Okay. Wow. So I was a musician. I've been, uh, when I was four, so I uh, started piano when I was four, so that would have been, I'm 33 now. So Damn. You old? Yeah. I'm, I'm dying. No, I'm <laughs> You're not that much better. Yeah, in, in in all reality, I, I I've been producing for about about twenty years. Okay, damn. <laughs> Can you explain to our listeners what the difference between a producer and a songwriter is? Okay, so the I'm I'm gonna go back to some technical terms um, because the term producer is different nowadays than classically what it meant. Yeah. So the term producer um, originated from television and film. Mm -hmm. And the producer was the person who oversaw everything. So uh, most of the time, so let's say that a production company um, was hired to do a film. Uh, the producer was the person that the director answered to, that everyone answered to. The producer is the person who... Um, oversaw like, everything. They hired the people that needed to be hired. Um, they, um, you know, uh, basically they were the top dog. Is, yeah. is what is what a producer was uh -huh. and still is. Um, and and then there were different types of producers. You'd had like line producers. You'd have executive producers who funded the film and uh, all of those things. So the term music producer was was taken from that. And in the music industry, uh, the term producer can still mean that executive producer where they yeah. funded the project. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, when someone uh, makes the distinction music producer, usually what that means is what I do. And what I do is sit down with the artist or the label or whoever is kind of um, backing the project and sitting down and figuring out, hey, what's the direction? Where do we want to take this? Uh, what's the end goal? What's the end project um, mm -hmm. supposed to look like? And, and, and how is it supposed to turn out? And then basically kind of overseeing everything that's going on and guiding the process to that end goal. Right. Yes. Now, in recent months and years... Um, Music producer now means beat maker. For sure. For <laughs> sure. It does a lot of like that's in the literal sense you produce music. But there also yeah, yeah. <laughs> there also is now um what's called a beat producer that does that exclusively. Right. Mm -hmm. So but Wait. a lot of the time, yeah, when somebody needs a producer, it's it's for making it's like, them a beat. So every or a track. time you're stalking someone on Facebook and in their little bio it says uh, producer. I don't think that they actually think that they're a producer in the literal sense. Why are you at right. me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, in, in, in reality, I, I mean, I can make beats. I have made beats, things right. like that. It's boring How, though. Um, you're boring. Dude, <laughs> I love making beats. I think it's fun. Yeah, it, it, it is. But the difference is, is 
I'm not making a beat and trying to sell it online. I'm working with an artist and sitting down and choosing sounds together for a goal and a purpose that they're right. trying to accomplish. Yeah. They're and hiring you for your experience and knowledge of music. And ear. Yeah, and your ear. Yeah. And his ear. That that's that's why I get hired. Not yeah. because I can make a beat, because in, in in reality, a lot of people make beats. For sure. For but sure. they're coming to me for my tastes and my experience. Correct. And then sometimes, yeah. you know, connections and things like that. But uh for the most part, um they're coming to me for me. Yeah, not just because I have the title producer or music producer. You're also a, a phenomenal mix engineer, I think, in my opinion. Well, it's thanks, true. Man. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, just like anything else, you know, I, I, I could be uh, a producer or a mix engineer for you know a hundred years, and I'll still be learning. Then, right? You know what I mean? Right. There's so much new stuff and techniques and all sorts of stuff that come out on like every month. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, and, and because of technology nowadays, uh, so many things have changed, uh, with like YouTube and, uh, different courses, online courses and all of those things, though it basically information that was locked up for a long time is now readily available to the, the general right, public. Right. And for, cheap to zero dollars dude i've seen i've seen this thing like i mean i i have it i'm one of those people that have producer in their bio but i, I went to school for it but like they they basically made that part of my job obsolete which is like they sell packages of cords have you seen that like like you can buy this this thing and it's just like midi cords that you can pl plug into anything and any dog. Oh, you're talking about cord packs. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was just like, what the heck? Why don't you just try? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude. I'm like, no, I, I, I get the appeal of it. It's it's for people starting out who are not actual musicians, but want to produce make their beats. own music and make beats, yeah. things like that. However, for me, I'll I'll literally sit down with an with an artist or a band, and and okay, play me your song, right, or right. whatever, and then I can go through and be like, what are your lyrics? What's the North Star idea of this song? Right, and then from there I can, uh, you know, okay, well, you this, can grill them, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but. It, the truth is I'll go through and I'll dissect your songs, what your melody is doing um, against the chord progression right. and the lyrics. So if you're, you know, if it's a sad song and, you know, your, your lyrics on this part is like the most saddest part and that's the part that you want people to connect with on that uh, particular line, but that's the happiest chord of the entire <laughs> song... Like there's a disconnect between the foundation of what the vocals are doing yeah. uh, with the music and uh, what should be there. Right. And right. so that's that's those are the types of things that I'll help artists or bands um, go through. And hey, have you thought of doing this? And, and a lot of times, um, artists will let me change something. Yeah. But then there's other times too where um, I'll just. Uh, point out those things yeah and then have at it you yeah. know and the and and a lot of time and, and 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 i'll help guide too because you know if if you bring something to the surface um i mean let's just be real here this is art and it's close and emotional to every artist and when you call someone's baby ugly it's not fun you but, know what I mean? But to be fair, like, I mean, if you're in the music industry, someone out there is going to call your baby ugly. Of course. Like, that's just how it is. Oh, yeah. And, you know, but I think some things that I've been fortunate enough to experience in my career is a level of trust and friendship between me and my closest, what you would call clients. Yeah. So, for instance, with you guys, like, I come and hang out with you guys when yeah. I can. <laughs> right. You know what I yeah. mean? Because we're, now we've we've gone on to being friends and, and um, 
you know, like I come over for barbecues and, you know, we yeah, hang out yeah. and we have fun. But, you know, the reality of the situation is, is it didn't start out with us being good friends. It started out with you coming to me with songs and, you know, me dissecting them and, you know, us growing together as a team. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, that, that brings me to tears. My, my next, (laughs) (laughs) my, my next thing that I was going to say is to be a producer, you have to be honest about, and that's where I think a lot of bands are apprehensive about working with a producer is it's the, the ugly baby thing is like, they As don't want an to, artist, yeah. you have to be open to people interpreting your music a certain way. Yeah. Right. And not everyone's going to like it, and you just got to deal with it. They'd be like, I'm the producer. We don't need a but, producer. Yeah. <laughs> um, See, but uh, to go along with that, a, a lot of bands and artists will be so close to their project like like um you know a, a group of us engineers we call it demoitis it's where you're so used to your song being a specific way played um not only that way but sound this specific way with these exact tones with it and and you know and you feel inside and when you hear it you're like ah it's not a hundred percent it could be but then you have been married to how it is for so long that when someone like me comes with an objective point of view with it, um, we try different ideas, but none of it sounds right to you because it's not that way that it was written. Right. So then what happens is even if it's objectively better, everyone, the record label, everybody is like, this is, this is it. This is your hit. It still sounds wrong to you because you're so used to what it used to be and how it was written. It's oh, true. And yeah. so, so that point of view is, all, I, I think, one of the biggest reasons why bands should work with a producer. Agreed. Absolutely. <clears throat> is to separate your personal biases and how you've written the song to someone who has an objective point of view and them helping you uh, take that song to be the best that it can be. Right. Right. So I think that's uh, one of the advantages we've had in crown Kings versus a lot of other bands out there is not only are we open to the process and, you know, having what we write be changed. We also have the ability, we do everything at home, we record it so we can actually listen to it. And that way, if we're sending something to you, you can dissect it piece by piece for as long as, as long as it needs, because you're not, you're not sitting here waiting for us to do the performance. The performance is already done. We're sending it to you. We're seeing what you think. And then that's that. Whereas a lot of bands are just like, you know, (laughs) they, they, they practice and they play this and they're married to it for so long right. that it's like, there's a, there's a big difference between that and really honing that. And <laughs> yeah. then just like, just like throwing something together at the home studio and then just right. being like, if it changes, it changes. Yeah. That's, there's so that much right. that we've thrown out. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, let me give you an example. So even, <clears throat> even, even this last week I was working with an artist who shall re- name what is it who shall not be named um um <laughs> rename nameless yeah rename nameless <laughs> um i'm a redhead all right so um, i thought you were gonna say i'm a redneck <laughs> no but i was working with this artist and um everything was the same chord progression played the same way through the entire song mm-hmm. and so we we came to the chorus and there was it was only a rhythm tweak that we wanted to do just uh-huh. um but just to be a little bit different from the verses to elevate the chorus the big sing along part and so um we got to that place he understood why totally agreed wanted to do it but 
he has been playing it the same way for two years or whatever it was before he came to me that it was something super simple that he would have been easily able to play, but because he was so locked into that, we had to do it over and over (laughs) and over and over and over because he was so married to what it was before that it was hard for him to change. And so that's why I always like working with an artist or a band when they get something together and they say, this is great, but they're not married to it. it it's it, there's there's this timeline thing where it's like right. You go through this this phase of writing and coming up to the best ideas and throwing you know throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks and then and then you get to spaghetti. a place spaghetti. Um, but then you get to a place where it's like okay, it this is it. This sounds great. And then but you have not played it for a year right. And are married to that idea so that if someone like me comes and says, hey, all of this is great, except we should probably lean more towards this way because of X, Y, and Z. Right. It's not a difficult change. It's a, oh, I get why. Yeah. That that aligns with the end goal that we've already talked about. Let's go. You know? Yeah. See, that's that's beautiful when you can uh, take something that sounds like complete shit and make it make it sound halfway decent. <laughs> We're living proof of that. Facts. <laughs> now, you guys, I I I really like your guys' music a lot. It's, Thank you. Yeah, it's good. I was fishing for that. I know. You. <laughs> I'll give you a hug later. <laughs> um. So, what do you think is the most important? Um attribute an artist can have because not everybody is extremely talented so would you say creativity is more important than talent or is someone's own unique sound when it comes to a singer is that more important than their ability as a singer you like i i I would say uniqueness is probably the the trump factor Um, (laughs) (laughs) no uh uh, in all seriousness, uh, I would say uniqueness is is kind of the thing. I mean, there's there's this guy on um, on Facebook where he has like one stick and a snare drum on a table, and all he does is just hit it violently over and over, out of time or whatever, and it sounds like he looks like he's doing having body convulsions and everything, but it has like hundreds of thousands maybe even a couple million views because it's so different than what you're yeah. you're used to seeing and the other thing too is to go along with with the uniqueness thing no one wants a band that has already done it better right you, you know can't what I mean? like there's always a bigger fish yeah yeah, it's like the exact reason why Black Veil Brides isn't as successful as Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> that's just exactly. it is what it is. No offense, I think that they're talented in their own sure, like in Dude, their own craft. But, I like Black Veil Brides. Yeah, I mean you can yeah. like them, but let's. I like you. If we're being real, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I they're agree just the you. less talented Avenged I'm Sevenfold. I'm just saying, hundred yeah. percent. No, I like them. I wouldn't say less talented. They were behind Avenged Sevenfold. Yes. yes. Yeah. See, see, it, it comes down to uniqueness because um, you can not have amazing talent, as in the technical talent of singing or playing guitar, or keyboard, or drums, or whatever. Um, but if you're unique, something that helps you stand apart from everyone else, then that's what. It's an attention getter. And that's, in in all reality, as artists, your job is to perform for attention. True. That's what your your job is. Would you you say that, kind of going back to Rome's OG question, um, would you think that's what defines a good song is uniqueness? Um, No. Um, I I would say that um, (laughs) what defines a good artist artist is uniqueness okay what defines a good song it's art so it's in the eye of the beholder so that's that's why there are bands or 
songs that I really love that you guys might hate or vice yeah. versa. And it might be the the uniqueness of the artist. Like, for instance, I remember we had this conversation, a, a, I don't even know how many years ago, uh, Rome and I. Um, what, what's her name? Maria Brink? Maria Brink. Maria Brink. Okay. Um, back then, I thought her vocal production was so unique and different from every other like metal vocalist that I was like, I love this band. Yeah. And it's not because I absolutely love the band. It was so different that I was like, this is awesome. True. She does not sound like and every other metal. Yeah. Yeah. And, so. But, you know. I mean, I think you're on my side now, yeah. Rome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, she, she's but got she's, a sweet, sultry voice. Well, not only that, is <laughs> is is you can even hear um, uh, the emotion in what she's saying. Yeah, and she, and some of it's over the top, and some of it's you know faked for effect. Right. But then there's some things that you're like, that's real. Yeah. That emotion right there is yeah, real. Yeah, you can you can hear it, in and her I voice, can hear definitely. it. And yeah. I can feel it. And when any any art that moves the, I guess, quote, beholder yeah. to feel with you, I think is gold in my book. Dude, see, that's why I, I like producers, too, is because, like, you know, talking about talking about that is like, you know, as a producer, you go out of your way to achieve that. You know, like oh, yeah. to, to help find those like, dude, like what if you did this here to make him feel that way, feel yeah. that emotion in the yeah. voice, get the best capture. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one thing we didn't quite touch on your job as a producer is also to extract the best performance out of the artist yes. for the song. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't realize that in many cases, unless it's these, uh, amazing, like prodigy of artists, like most of the stuff you hear on the radio is compiled of various takes. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. A hundred. Um, yeah. Even though it all sounds so fluid, it's like, no, there, there's probably significant amounts oh, yeah. of, of goes behind that. It's a lot of cookie cutter. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, pop artists who will just take it either word by word or line by line over and it's over true. and over until it's either a in the ballpark and they get tuned and, and timed and all that, or um, you know, someone who um, is excellent, like an excellent vocalist who doesn't want any of that on. Here's the reality: the majority of um, bands that I worked with, the first time I work with them, the majority of them are what they'll do is they'll say, "Hey, I don't want any drum samples." in my production (laughs) i don't want any vocal tuning in my production i don't want any of this stuff i want to be raw and real and then i'll ask them hey show me what you mean by that so i understand where you're coming from and they will show me the most drum sampled tuned like crazy overproduced thing i think yeah And, and for me i'm like okay so i need to interpret that as not they don't need drum samples or they don't need uh, any tuning or anything like that. What was the emotion that, that, that they interpreted, 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 interpreted. Wow. Wow. He's just like my name, Tato. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That they interpreted to actually equal raw to them that connected to them on an emotional level. And then it's extracting that, uh, to a play that's why half of the time I won't even look in, into the booth when someone's doing vocals yeah because no one else is gonna see you're using your ears exactly yeah. no one else is gonna see that you're crying in there or, or whatnot like like Rome does every ever living shit out of me every time you're like I do take it you're like yeah do one just like that but not shitty <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean that, that was a joke. Some some people no. don't understand like how good and how far sampling has come. Oh, yeah. Cuz like, you know, when they think of like drum samples like I probably used to before, you know, I got into it and whatnot. Um they don't sound like drums. They sound like they're faked and whatnot. Right. And they've come such a way that you couldn't tell the difference between live and and sample drums. Yeah. I, it has a lot to do with the person programming them too. Yes. That's, <laughs> it, it comes down to um, 
how they're how the what the performance is yeah so how it's programmed how whatever it is but most of the time what i like to do is augment with samples so mm. let's say that so i have a, a really great sounding drum room it's probably the best in the in the, in the city yeah and it's a big three thousand square foot live drum room uh, they it sounds great and what we'll do is we'll capture what we get with that but Let's say that we have everything that we need, but the snare lacks a little bit of body, but it has plenty of crack. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to augment and I'm going to add a, a a drum sample that has a little more body to it and yeah. blend it in for so that if there's anything lacking, there's not when I'm done with it. Right, right. It's, it's how it should be. Yeah. Because it's not about what you want. It's about what the song needs. That's exactly yeah. right. So... The song kind of dictates where to go. It does. And ultimately, I think it's it's the listener experience that should dictate where your song goes. That's right. Um, because at the end of the, like, if you want to do, if you want to do music because it's your art and it's so fucking personal, then like, cool, dude, enjoy getting the shit roasted out of you. Unless you're like really good at what you do yeah, and you don't want anybody to touch your shit, like you're going to get roasted. Like... You're going to get torched out there. You're Okay, so to go along with that, uh, you know who Jacob Collier is? No. He is, <laughs> he's like 17 or 19, or some some young kid. Yeah, I don't like he, to hate myself, so that's why I don't know who he is, <laughs> and I'm not going to look him up. Uh, you shouldn't, if you want to feel good about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep living he, in bliss here. He's ridiculous. Like, his talent is ridiculous, but... His talent for his age is so beyond the norm that that is what makes him unique. Are you talking about Jacob Cade? No, no, no. Oh. Um, and and he he's ridiculous. I'll just say that he he's not in your in your guys' genre. He's he's completely different. Good. Stay away. But <laughs> heard of him. <laughs> but yeah. Long story short, that's what makes him unique. But you have to realize. You know, there's how many millions of people in America alone True. that you're competing with on the world stage for mm -hmm. your music. And so you have to decide as an artist or a band, am I writing music for myself or am I writing music as a career for my fans? Right. right. You have, and, and you want to do both. Yeah. But there has to be a winner. Yeah. And if it's for yourself, then do what you want, man. Yep. But if it's for fans, do what they want. Because exactly. ultimately, if once it becomes a career move, that means that you're now a business. We touched on that a little bit um, in our last podcast, too. So if you haven't listened to that, go and check it out. Yeah, go check it out. It's just plugging. That was a pretty good plug. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things uh to expand on that a little bit more is there's there's a perception out there that talent equals success and i i don't believe that that's true because wholeheartedly some of the most successful songs out yeah. there are written with like a four chord progression yep uh, well it, it it depends on what you mean by talent Right, so like the Beatles, so like so, you know musician I mean? to musician talent is music. different than listener to musician talent. Right, so you can present a musician with, you know, like let's just say for example, Bad Wolves and their cover of Zombie, and to a musician, they're like, oh, this is this is so, you know, whatever. Insert criticism here because there was right. tons of it, and. But to the listener, it's like, wow, this is a really talented band. Right. Yeah. This is a Which good song. They are a super talented band because I think it, it takes it takes more to put a composition together that makes sense than it does to overplay. Exactly. What you're hitting on is the difference between a musician and a songwriter slash arranger. Right. There you can be both, but those are two different things those are distinctions that's why for me i can be a musician and be the greatest musician in the world and not um not be able to write songs 
Right. And then you can, let's say that you're an amazing songwriter, you can write an amazing song, but if someone said, hey, can you solo and B flat, you'd be like, I don't know what a scale is. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and so there, there is a distinction between those things, and ultimately... Everybody wants to be everything, you know? True. And so we want to be both a great musician and a great songwriter. However, for the general population, for the public, songwriting trumps musicianship. Always. One one way one of my old professors put it was, you know, you have your creative bozos out there that don't know what they're doing anything doing (laughs) and like i.e. like Kurt Cobain or something. Um, and then you have your musicians, you. <laughs> you have your musicians that are, are like not creative at all that can like, you, you know, a fly lands on a piece of sheet music while they're playing and they'll play that, that fly Oh yeah, as if it was a note and it's like a spectrum and you want to be somewhere in the middle of creative and a good musician. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I would say know who you are. Yeah. If you're a songwriter, become the best songwriter ever ever study the greats and emulate and then um re reinvent yeah from there um like know know the rules so you know when you can break them yeah and 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 then from there then um you know during that journey you'll be uh branching out into your um, other things like being a musician or right. even, even, even it, cause it's a business. So it, if we're talking about as a career, it's a business. So even being understanding social media, mm. even understanding trends, understanding streaming, understanding, so to insert t- name, you like understanding those things. Those are all business decisions and yeah. help you in your career. So like that kind of touches on like personal branding. Um, do you think like how big, um, is personal branding versus like writing a good successful song? Like, how do you, how do you kind of measure like where you need to be? Uh, depends in my opinion, Mm -hmm. it, it depends on your goals. Mm -hmm. So if your goal is to be the next Billie Eilish, yeah, like branding is everything because of that genre, because of everything. Branding is literally everything everything the worst thing you can do is brand yourself like your look your image your social media everything how you talk as like a pop artist and then your music is death metal right you see what i'm saying (laughs) yeah like like what because people will the general population will be confused now now a smaller group of musicians might be like Like, oh, wow, he's so unique and so great. He's so awesome. (laughs) But the general population is just going to be like, I don't get it. Right. And so to some extent, you kind of have to dumb down some of those things. Yeah. While being unique, while being yourself and writing the best songs possible for your fans. Heck yeah. And that, that, that that's the hard part. If you're just starting out, you're like, who the fuck are my fans? (laughs) But no, on the real, I think that those are, those are very important things to understand. Um, Shit. (laughs) I don't know. I, I think we do a good job at trying to brand ourselves, you know, just maybe I think crown Kings is a little weird. I sat outside next to the fire. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> burn my ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the hardest part of of uh, being part of a group that's so open minded is it's like we don't we haven't really boxed ourselves in, so right. a lot of the stuff we've been writing isn't cohesive as an album, and it's really just hard to. I wouldn't say that we're still trying to find an identity because everything sounds like crown Kings, but it's so diverse Yeah, that I just, it, it's hard to say like, Hey, but that also works out in our favor too, because we were 
the original idea was to become part of a new music industry thing where people aren't buying albums. They're just buying singles, good singles. Yeah. Or they're listening to good singles. So kind of the way that we were wanting to approach this project was as opposed to releasing an album, we're just going to write and release singles. So the issue that I see with the, the, the problem is that, um, if you're too diverse, you lack identity. Yes. And if you're too similar in everything, it's one song repeated over and over and you're boring. I don't think that our, our new music is going to lack identity. I, I think it's just, it doesn't, you know, would you have these back to back on an album? Some songs for sure, you know, like, but, but some, like, we just want to make every song as much of a hit as possible. And, um, sometimes they shine. I think, I mean, and this, like, it's, it's hard to even say this, but like, like I'm not trying to compare ourselves to them, but the Beatles did similar shit like where they wrote, um, and not every song matched. Um, right. Right. And, but, and they tried to write the best song possible and that's how it went. I know uh-huh. I'm going to get shot for this, but, John Lennon was better solo? No, he was not. <laughs> he was 100% no, he better solo. Paul McCartney but... is the best Beatle. Agreed. Yeah. I'm wearing. I'm the one wearing a Beatle shirt here, so <laughs> John Lennon was the best solo. He was. Paul McCartney uh, was the best Beatle. Who? And yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I Whatever. agree with Jared on that one. Yeah, pretty much. He wrote all of their really butt. good, complex stuff. Like, music theory-wise, dude, McCartney has got it. Dude, he's still, but brilliant. he has the emotion too, though. Yes. No, I know. I mean, I mean, dude, I mean, you know, you have Blackbird and then you, but then you also go all the way to like dude. live and let die. Yeah. And it's, dude, it's so diverse. He puts, he puts key changes in there just for oh, yeah. the emotion oh, yeah. and then comes back to the original key and yeah. then like, oh my God. Like, but yeah. he didn't write Imagine. Well, no. neither did you. So. <laughs> I know a guy with a small dick that sounds like an owl. <laughs> Cricket. <laughs> I, I almost said it for the joke. <laughs> Shit, I'm glad. You knew that one was coming up. Uh, I... I <laughs> I'm pretty quick on catching on. <laughs> You're going to hate me. <laughs> that would have been funny, though, if you he, if he said who. <laughs> Lord. It would have been hilarious. I almost said it just so get the joke. <laughs> Man. No. I, um... So, Jared, um, what, what got you into be, being a producer versus just a musician? Uh, originally band. So, so I was, um, so I was, I, I've been playing drums, uh, probably 25 years, something like that. And then basically from there, it just ended up, you know, uh, playing, uh, everywhere from, for churches all the way to in a death metal band, all the way to, I mean, you name it, I did it. And then I was in a signed touring rock band for a few years. And then from there, <laughs> quit that band. Um, but yeah, uh, so... Well, then you're not a real producer, are you? Uh, I guess. Fucking <laughs> 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 um, roasting this guy. <laughs> uh, anyways, we you know did that whole thing. And I just wanted to, to be able to record my ideas for the band and the be able to present them in the best light possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're a drummer trying to explain to a guitar player slash singer slash songwriter, <laughs> your <Yeah>. ideas, <laughs> but in drummer talk, like things don't go over well. And so I, I, I wanted to learn how to not only speak his language uh, mu- musically, but also be able to show my ideas, and that's that's really where it started. And so I I that's what I did even through that band, and then um, 
eventually quit that band, um, joined another band, um, and, and and through all and then quit that band, and then through all the years, I've been um, not only writing and doing my own stuff, but really helping someone get to their vision, mm-hmm. and that's kind of been my goal because I know what it's like when you don't have the technical ability or anything like that and but you have this vision you want to see come to life but you don't know how to do it well that's my job that's you know it's to take what you're trying to do and present it in the way that you want it or at least the goal you're trying to get to. right and so um from there um just been doing it forever and i'll say that i learned um, the best way, which was uh, mess up a million times until you figure out how not to mess up. Yeah, that's fair. It is fair. So <laughs> you have no formal training. You're self-taught. You get them them beautiful ears. It's done trained up all on your own. Yeah. Um, and even now... Um, uh, I think three colleges here um, asked me to teach for them. Uh, I teach for the Recording Connection now as well. Um, uh, I've helped a lot of students um, kind of get over some of the hurdles that that I had to go through over the last twenty years to do to get where I'm at now. Um, and and by where I'm at, I don't mean like career wise. I mean where I'm at. Uh, in my abilities, man, I have a degree and you've taught me a shit ton, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I can't even, we're not even on the same level yet, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I, I think, I think a lot of that, I mean, here, here's the thing. When you, when you first start out, you kind of have a choice when you're working with an artist, make it the best that you can or half ass it. And, and I've always decided for me to make it the best that I can for the artist. Right. So what that means is they pay me peanuts, but I'm not going to let my, let it leave, you know, my studio until I'm like, okay, I am proud of this. Right. Right. And I think that's a, a job of, of a producer, like, like being good is one thing, but you're trying to make the best product for somebody too. Oh, absolutely. But what I'm talking about is how I how I got to my abilities now oh, gotcha, was by gotcha. locking myself up for hours on end being like why is this not working? And right. rather than half-assing it and giving up, it was like no, I'm not going to stop until I get that kick sound, until I get that emotional guitar blah 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 whatever. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. You know, and I go to sleep, fall asleep, and then wake up, and then do it again, and yeah. figure it out. And and because of that, I found um, like there, it, as a producer or a music guy or whatever, there's kind of like industry standard way of doing things. Um, but because I took the hard long way, I know ten ways to do that one thing. Yeah, that everybody else knows one way. Okay, and and so I'm able to problem solve so if that one way doesn't work i'm not on facebook in a group or online asking how do i do this i don't know like i've done it nine other ways yeah and then you just go through and it it becomes a problem solving task for and then you see what actually works over the long period um, of time until it becomes um quicker and easier for you yeah and then you just kind of figure out this always works this never works and these ones in between are if the always works doesn't work yeah you know that's fair so i'm getting into so technical what's talk your go-to now. works then say that again what's your go-to works so you, said you know 10 different ways what's your favorite way um <laughs> the way that works <laughs> <laughs> okay that works <laughs> that works. No, spaghetti works, right? So you've done you've done everything <laughs> from songwriting to music scoring, yeah, to mixing. You do some 
Do you do mastering? Uh, I I do, but I prefer if I'm working on <laughs> He's the like, project. I dabble. <laughs> I dabble a little bit. Um, I do, but I prefer that if I'm working on um, on the project itself all the way through, that I don't master that um, because of when we were talking earlier about earlier about being objective and yeah. having those fresh ears. That objective uh, first listen and knowing immediately. I don't like this because of this, right. technically True. speaking. Um, so I have an, uh, a mastering engineer that I've worked with for years that I'll send my stuff off to him to get mastered because there's, there's times where I'll be working with a band over an entire year for one album because they're you know coming in uh, once every couple weeks or once a month or whatever it is. Broke yeah. asses. And, and <laughs> 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 uh, I hate them. No, um, but what happens is you kind of lose sight of that goal over a year period of time. Yeah. yeah. And so when you have someone like my engineer, um, uh, Clint Wagner, um, down in Dallas, I can literally send it to him and be like, hey, man, I feel like I've lost a little bit of perspective. What's your first listen? And he'll say, oh, this, this, and this. And I'll be like, oh, okay, great. I was thinking that, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. you can lose perspective. Yeah. A producer for producers. Dude, I, I think of it this way. Like, dude, if if you see the doctor on a, your regular checkups and then kind of know what's going on, but if you if you don't, then they're like, wait, what the fuck was wrong with you? Like, <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I never go to the doctor. <laughs> There's still like, like what I just the fuck cross is my fingers and hope not to die. <laughs> Respect. It's true. Yeah. It's because you're a man, Roman. <laughs> so, um, working is. Do you would you rather work in film or in music? Dun dun dun. That's a hard one. And the reason why is because I myself am a musician, but I haven't been doing audio for film for 20 years. So it's still new and shiny to me, even though I've been doing it for, you know, however many years that I've been doing it, I haven't been doing it as long mm -hmm. as artists and bands. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, get the artist and band um, production and I get the movie production, but the movie production is shinier to me because I haven't been doing it as long. Fair. Um, but at the same time, it's funny. I have more credits <laughs> in television and film than I do uh, like more not not uh What is it? Notable credits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I mean like, Fox, History Channel, Discovery Channel, ESPN, CBS, Spike, uh, CBS Sports, uh, Inc., uh, TV shows like uh, uh, UFC, uh, NFL. I mean, like big, big, big things in the, the television and film world. Um, but there's something inside of me that there's nothing quite like sitting with an artist and creating something amazing with them. Have you thought about maybe film scoring or composition? Yeah, that's what I'm He's, talking oh, about. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and so licensing, all of that stuff. I, 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 I do that stuff. I'm a composer for um, uh, all of those types of things. Yeah. Ink Master and Ladies of Argentina. And, and he was a boom mic operator at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have. I remember. So that's got to be hard. Um, it's draining. Yeah, yeah I bet. You got to wear, <laughs> wear the cool little hat while walking around, and <laughs> a little fanny pack, and holding a fucking. <laughs> it is not a fanny pack. Pack. It is an orca that is holding orca, your orca, gear. Orca, orca. <laughs> no, it's, it's holding a little killer whale. <laughs> <laughs> kind of set you up for that one, didn't I? <laughs> no, it's it's. Yeah, it's see, here's the other thing too is when I'm working with artists and bands, I need to have perspective all the time. So we can do six hour sessions and then call it a day. 
and then recharge your batteries and come back the next day. As where on film or television sets, you're doing 12, 16, 18, sometimes if it goes crazy 20-hour days, that you're just sitting there freaking holding this boom mic stuff up and you know and and trying to capture the best capture that you can and then you know handing it off and and doing all that and then you're you know depending on where you're at you can be you know in the ocean with a boom mic trying to capture stuff with lobs and everything or you can be you know sweating your balls off like in the middle of louisiana like because you're in the bayou and they need audio right <laughs> and so that so on location People of the audio bayou. <laughs> next so, on discovery <laughs> on location audio is different than um kind of the creative aspect yeah. of music but then there's even well where do, where's music you can have music with artists and producing and all of that stuff but you can also be a, a composer for television and film and things like that yeah the only thing with those is those are just like everything else there's deadlines those deadlines are pretty much like if you screw this production up because of a deadline like you're never gonna get a call again yeah so like the level of stress when you're working on a project like that is quite a bit higher than working in a completely creative joint environment with a band or artist to obtain where you're trying to go together and then you know just making sure that you have uh you know the deadline met but those deadlines are not as crazy i have found as some of the other deadlines and usually television stuff things pop up that you just there's there was no way to know that that was going to happen like you were scheduled for a a, a 9 hour day it's 20 today yeah and you got to be back here in the morning, in three hours, that's your sleep for the night for another 18-hour day because everything is behind. So, you know, on lo- it, I, I kind of dabble in everything because I can't just do one thing. And to go back to answering your question, what would I – I kind of have to do it all. Yeah. Yeah, that's not – the right answer. It's <laughs> one or the other, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you got to pay bills, though. That's how it works, man. It's like you're, you're a producer for hire, and like they need you. That's what you do. Not yeah. if he was a artist or a musician for a formerly successful band in the 2000s. No, that just makes you poor. <laughs> you said artist and musician. There you go. no no but okay so um so i I don't think the listeners know this so i run north park studios north park studios has um different um basically sections of what makes up north park studios we have uh music producing and recording things like that but we also do other types of recording like podcasts and audiobooks and commercials and advertising and all of those types of things but then we also do on location recording like what we're talking about but then there's also composition and then eventually we're going to be um moving to um doing live sound as well um so we it's not really like oh all you do is producing it's i i, I run you know, a big production company that does kind of all of those things. And so uh, there are certain genres that I don't like to do. And I'm in, I'm, I'm in a place in my career now that I can literally pawn them off to my other engineer now and just basically, all right, you're taking all these, you know. Right. And I can now kind of pick and choose who I work with and, you know, why I want to work with them or not. And so I'm kind of in a pretty cush place now, um, being able to be 
able yeah so most studios freedom right exactly most studios right now are just like yeah we're running deals and just come in and we need all the work we can get we doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) we it doesn't matter who you are what you're doing or anything like that we just i just need to book the time right because i have a cell phone bill coming out or whatever as where for us we're usually booked out a month sometimes even two months in advance yeah and i and i'm picking and choosing who I work with yeah. because there's been plenty of times where someone has come and I'm, I'm either, I just don't want to do the project or I know I'm not the right fit for the project. Right. And I'll just straight up tell them like, Hey, I don't think that I'm the right fit for this project. At least you're honest yeah. about that too. Cause it, you know, there, there'll be people that take on something that's way bigger than they can chew or it's just yeah. not stylistically what, they could offer for the band, sure. you know, and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, let me do it. And it just turns to shit. Yes. There is plenty of that. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a bad rep. Yeah. Well, I think, I think like, um, online presence and social media and Google reviews, like reflect that, you know? Yeah. And so that's why some studios you see like really low ratings is because, you know, they're, they're more of a, you're paying me for my time thing. Mm. And I kind of have the mentality of what are you trying to do? Let's get there. Yeah. You know, a, a completely different perspective. It's true. And, and the work you put out definitely shows the level of care that you put into somebody's project totally well, i appreciate mm-hmm. it. So I, I think even the first the very first mix i ever heard from you <laughs> and i was just blown away i was like there's that came out of this little podunk town <laughs> and yeah so ever ever since then i was hooked and that's uh, another thing if you're an artist like it doesn't matter how good your fucking song is if it sounds like shit People are going to think it's shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, expect to, to pay upwards of a thousand plus per song um, just to get good quality. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes yeah. even higher. Sometimes 2,000 a song. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you get what you pay for. And if, if you're... True. Very few exceptions. You might find a very talented engineer that's just getting started and wants the work broke is gonna (laughs) you know do you a solid mix for you know a couple hundred bucks or they'll record your full project for maybe 500 but good quality in that is super rare yeah um so it's it's important that your music is the (laughs) um the quality of your song is reflected in the quality of your recording or vice versa. Yes. Yeah. Cause I uh, uh, totally agree. And, and I think a lot of that is because you're, you're in competition. Yes. You're in, you're in yeah. competition with every other song that's on the radio or mm-hmm. on streaming services or right. anything mm-hmm. like that. You're competing against all of that. You can't be a major artist with a minor budget. Agreed. That is a hard truth for some people to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. And I know plenty of people who pay for what seems like years and they still don't have a product. So vet who you're working with. I've been one of those. (laughs) Just vet who you're working with. Um, This is an industry where money talks and bullshit walks. Yeah. So make sure that um, if you do decide to work with someone that there's um vet them yeah 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 you you have to because you know there's so many people out there that can talk till they're blue in the face about the things they can do or nobody's going to do anything for you in this industry sorry I think you just hurt some people's feelings out there, but it's the <laughs> it's truth. The truth. If you're it's in this truth. industry, then you've got to have thick, thick right. skin. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, here, here's the reality. We and, and we we've said it multiple times tonight, and it sounds like you guys did that on your last podcast. It's a business. Yeah. So who like you have to think to yourself? Okay, I have a business called X Y Z Artist, whatever it is. Yep. I have a business and. Oh, this person just 
wants to give me money? What business do you know where someone just wants to give that business money? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yep. No, they want to return on their investment. Yeah. They uh-huh. want to get something out of you. Otherwise, it's not worth their time, energy, and money to do that. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of a shady business like in that totally. aspect no, totally. you know what i mean cutthroat yeah. is the better yeah. better word that's for actually, it that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, the reality of the situation is you got to like you're a business so you have to make business decisions like hey if i'm going to compete with mcdonald's as a burger chain like is my marketing budget $200 no no, no. <laughs> why no. I th- I have the best burgers though. Then you're choosing the, the wrong market. I think the exactly. best way to describe anything in the entertainment industry is if you listen to a song called "Lost in Hollywood" by System of a Down. Yeah, that pretty much, in my opinion, sums up the kind of people and the things that you're going to face in this industry. Mm. Just fucking sharks and shady ass people. It's true. Mm-hmm. Now you will get some diamonds in the rough. Like you, Roman. You'll you'll get some you'll get some really down to earth people that are. You are the best thing ever. (laughs) You you'll get some really down to earth people that are just there to to help you for the sake of helping you because they're good people. But it's don't count on it. Yeah, it's few and far between. So you have to approach it like that. And then from the the general population listener aspect of things, they just see the final product. Right. They just see the band, and they're like, "I like it or I don't." Yeah. They don't one or the other. There's yeah. so many. There's the inner workings, the politics of entertainment in general. People expect you to have respect for them for essentially nothing, and they'll treat you like dirt. Yeah. Um, and if you don't play their fucking game, then they'll do what they can to defame you. And you have to be prepared for that. It's like a yeah. cult. So, yeah, you gotta <laughs> yeah. you gotta be able to stand on your own because yeah. it it will it will get to you. Beat you down over time. Yep. yep. <laughs> Just gotta be strong. Keep working at it, and then but be realistic too. Like if you know something's trash, like don't let it slide. You know what I mean. You want to make sure that what you're doing is. Um, Something that you're proud of and something that um, that strikes a chord in people mm-hmm. that that they're basic. <laughs> I love you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Editing his parts really easy because all you got to look for is the little the 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 fatter wavelengths. It's either yeah or mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God, you're funny. Um. <laughs> what were we saying? <laughs> oh, I, I was I, I was just talking about um, basically like the general population. They just see like the the finished oh, yeah. product and don't actually understand that you know to get that finished product was it like overnight successes are ten years, ten fifteen years of working your butt off, doing what you can, paying your dues, and then, basically. Then overnight getting that success right so it's not actually you know and and there are cases of that but it's like one in a million you know what i mean yeah and so that's not the norm and it's pretty arrogant to think that you are going to be that and not the norm or you know on the caveat to that is like people who hate on people that were those overnight successes that are just like yeah, they just came out of nowhere. Like they have no talent, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, no, they've probably been working their ass off for days on end for years on end. <laughs> days on end. <laughs> right. <only. laughs> I've been doing this for two days. You have an idea the no, long like road it day, took to get here. Every day. I've been doing this for, for fucking years. 300 days. <laughs> They're grinding for the money. They're grinding to be better they're yeah. you know and then like by the time that they're about to hit that success maybe their song's out of date so they got to rewrite stuff like it's uh an astronomical amount of work that goes into it yeah but i think the people who who bash on overnight the quote overnight successes yeah um they're just jealous of their their notoriety for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. it's true 
And um, you're true. <laughs> the other thing is people just have to be honest with themselves. If you're not or you're unable to work hard to do anything, then you don't belong here. Yeah. And that, that doesn't just apply to, to music. That applies to anything. Oh, yeah. Anything you want to be successful. Right. Like, like take- I don't care how good you are. If you're not, if you're not working it to be, there's always someone better. Yes. And if you're not working with that mentality of, of you're, you're always, even if you think you're the best, you should always work like your second best. Yeah. Right. I, I, I heard this from Mark, the billionaire, Mark Cuban. He, he basically says there is always someone who wakes up, who, who's at your same level working just as hard as you, who wakes up an hour before you do and goes to bed an hour after you do. It's true. So what are you doing? Mm. You know what I mean? Besides making excuses. Exactly. Man, I got to work even harder now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's motivational, dude. I like that. <laughs> I wish I made that up. I know. Right. Thank you, Mark Cuban. <laughs> well, I've always had the approach of like, if there, there's 24 hours in a day, you don't need to spend a third of that sleeping. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, you know what? I can get by on like five hours of sleep. Dude, that's us grinding. <laughs> like no shit. I'll be honest. I totally am in a dis- disagreement with you on that i'm i'm with you there yeah, i need sleep. i i need sleep to function properly Dude, i'm yeah. always down to burn the midnight oil the the worst case is i don't i don't lose productivity i just get more irritable <laughs> this, is yeah. this is true i've seen, a, I've seen a grumpy rom <laughs> no, just like fuck <laughs> but that's that's just how it be sometimes and you you gotta you gotta get through it and it's like if it's not affecting your level of productivity, then then what's it matter? Right. Um, it matters a whole lot. No, okay? it, it so. actually doesn't. Because, see, and then we're going to get into the philosophical thing, and I'm going to be like, well, I have one <laughs> life to live. I don't have an afterlife like you guys. Don't so, you tell me what to do. You're I need to work this much harder in life. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so this was... A great conversation. Yeah, man. Jared at it. North Park Studios. If you're looking for anything, you can go to his website, northparkstudios.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, he offers a lot of services. That is true. And they all come with happy endings. <laughs> so um, make sure. Define happy. <laughs> I'm married, so (laughs) you'll be satisfied. Satisfaction guaranteed. (laughs) Oh, man. So this was episode number six of Band Chat. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will be back uh, in two days. Yeah. Two days. Yeah. We're moving everything to two days. To two days. Yeah. Wait. Two days a week, right? Yeah. No, it's always been two days a week. (laughs) Oh. Tuesdays and Thursdays. All Eight right. days a week. Today is Tuesday. <laughs> Nine days a week. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you guys on Thursday. Thank you. Thank you. more ugly headline. So Santa, please don't tell me that it's still 2020. I just want one thing this year.